16. Uh, today is uh, such a glorious day. Uh, today in the heavenly realms is a heroic day. Uh, because of all uh, the money that is being collected uh, from all the churches, really all around the world, but especially here from L.A., especially here in South Bay, as uh, we are going to make such an impact uh, here. And uh, I know that uh, God is uh, encouraged. I know that the angels are rejoicing uh, because of what we're going to give, but not just of what we're going to give, but what it's going to do and what it's going to multiply. Amen? And, uh, you know, it's so awesome that, uh, you know, Christianity is a contact sport. You don't sit in the stands, you participate. And uh, this morning, uh, we get to participate in advancing the gospel and uh, in bringing many souls into a relationship with God. Amen? You know, before we get started here in Matthew 16, I want a couple things I want to share here. Let's see if my clicker's working. Uh, we had a soccer tournament yesterday. And uh, the coastal L.A. region, has, we have our own soccer team there. Uh, if you don't know about it and you're a soccer team, my apologies. But you can still join us. But we have once, every year we have a soccer tournament. Uh, we compete at all, all the churches in L.A. And so uh, we still, uh, the, the, the tournament has, has been played for about 11 years. Uh, the coastal area of the region, obviously we're a young church, so we, a young region, so we haven't won this tournament. But the Old West region has never won it either. And the Old South region has never won it either. We've gone to the finals many times, and we're defeated. And so we qualify to the semifinals next uh, uh, January 16th, and if we win, we go to the finals. So uh, this, is, uh, this is our best team ever. Uh, we, we did really good. We played in Orange County. Uh, we beat them 3-0. And then uh, we played uh, one of the strongest teams, the Central Region. And uh, we, got, we beat them 6-1. to one. Uh, And so uh, it was very encouraging. I am super sore, so if I get a cramp here, just, you know, just roll me out of the stage or something. Uh, but, you know, as we circled up, I told the guys, I reminded them, this is the third year in a row that I remind them, hey, we've never won this. Two years, last two years it didn't work. So we're like, you guys, you know, now we're opening up Scripture. We're quoting Scriptures to each other. We're like, we've got to win. Let's go out there and be humble. Are we following all the rules? Let's be righteous. We need to win. You know, when we win, really, we're going to get a little trophy, and the Coastal LA region pla- name's going to go on this trophy and the plaque. But it's really the journey there. That we're, it's really exciting. You know, all of us, we, we, we want some kind of fulfillment. We all, we all want some kind of glory. And it's so encouraging because... As I mentioned earlier today, as we all know, this is our Mission Sunday, and uh, it really is a glorious day. Amen? But you know, our soccer team is not the only one competing right now. We're not the only ones uh, seeking glory. There's a lot more people seeking uh, glory. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Laker fans or San Antonio You know all these teams that are competing including including your coastal LA region soccer team they want, we want a taste of the glory. And I know it's so exciting if you're a Kings fan or if you just joined the bandwagon like me. Hey, it's still pretty exciting. Uh, you know, 2-0 leading the series there to win the championship. And, uh, you know, we obviously we have some great basketball being played. And, uh, you know, a lot of sports people were ready to crown the Spurs, the champions. And now the, the, the OKC came back and tied it up, made it 2-2 two, two, two for the series there. So exciting. Nacho Libre is persuading his future tag team partner to join him in his quest for glory. And yet the Bible tells us, Don't, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes through strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it. To get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, the way that the kings have been competing... The way that the OKC and those Spurs, the Celtics, the Heat have been competing. The Bible says we need to compete like they've been competing. That kind of focus, that kind of passion, that kind of zeal. But that we don't do it to win that kind of prize. But we do it to win souls for God. That we do it to make sure that we arrive to heaven. Amen? And really, that's what today uh, is all about. You know, and so our main theme here for today is glory in the church. No glory in an NBA game or NHL. No, we want glory in the church for God. That's my family. That's my beautiful wife, Tina, our little son, Ezra. Right there in the middle, that's not his real hair, um, but it's very close. Uh, but you know, we have a motto for our, our family, a theme, and our theme is get them. God, Ezra, Tina, and Martin, get them. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know, when you first were invited to church and you first started studying the Bible, perhaps you uh, were really looking for God, perhaps your life had fallen apart, perhaps you just were sick and burdened of sin. I was all of those things. But the main reason that I was looking for God was, as an 18-year-old, I wanted to make a difference in the world. And I remember that in my junior year of high school, world history with Miss Anderson... We started talking about the, the civil rights movement. And it just stirred my heart. And it planted a seed in me of, man, I want to make a difference in the world. And God continued to use that with different other events that I don't have time to share. But the main point was that I started going back to church and trying to read my Bible was I wanted to make the world a better place. I wanted to make a difference. And in being reached out to and studying the Bible and getting to know who Jesus is from the Scriptures, I found my hero. I found the way, the only way to truly make a difference in a fallen world. And that was my fire early. Now as a family man, I had to adapt a new fire. And it's this, get him. And it's based on this scripture that we all get to fulfill today as we give our missions. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason, why did Jesus come? The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. In the heavenly realms today, there's a huge Dent being made to the devil's work. As we bring forth our, our money and it's being sent down and shipped down into missions, invested in souls, in churches, being planted, in Bibles being bought for people that have never read the Bible, we are destroying the devil's work. I'm not going to tell you where this scripture is because it's my family's thing scripture, so it's a secret scripture. In Matthew 16, in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. You know, it's interesting. Jesus is walking on earth right here. And he asks his disciples a simple question. Hey, so who do the people say I am? The people had no idea who Jesus really was. But they had a strong opinion. Just like today. People have strong opinion about who Jesus is. What a church is. What's right. What's wrong. But they don't really know. And the people say, well, some John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, Elijah. Are they kind of like Jesus? Yes. Are they Jesus? No. And so Jesus took a poll. So what do the people around you say? Okay, got it. Is that what they say? All right. And then he makes it personal. But what about you? Who do you say I am? You know, so much of what we're going to give here describes who Jesus is to us. 
And that's not intended as a challenge. That's intended as an encouragement. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In a parallel passage, in Mark chapter 8, Jesus responds to Peter's reply, saying, don't tell anyone about this. Peter said, you are the Christ. Jesus replies, don't tell anyone about this. So the message today, don't ever tell anyone about Jesus. No! You see, in those days, as many of us are aware, the understanding of who Jesus was, was a military man that was going to bring an uprising and lead the the people into war against the oppressors, which would be the Romans. The Romans were very well aware of the religions, the beliefs, and the scriptures of the different cultures they conquered. So they knew the understanding of the Messiah, but it was the wrong understanding also. So if the Romans were to find out that the Messiah was there, the Romans' understanding would be, oh, there's going to be an uprising. What do you think the Romans were going to do? They were going to march into Israel, Jerusalem, and they were going to hurt and wound and kill a lot of innocent people. What's the point? When we misunderstand who Jesus is, a lot of people get hurt. And once again, as we give missions, why? what are we doing it for? So that people can understand the true Jesus. Amen? And this is not a once a day thing. We understand this is our mission here in South Bay. To make the real Jesus known. And in verse 17 it says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, sign of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, what rock? His confession that Jesus is the Lord. It's Christ. He says, I will build my church. So whose church is it? Jesus' church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Church is another word for team. This is the only team Jesus put together. He invested everything into His team, into His church, and is built on the rock, on the foundation that Jesus is the Christ. And how awesome it is that we get to participate with Jesus' mission right here as we're sending out funds to our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, to our brothers and sisters in Central America, and in Mexico. Steve Stevenson is going to come up here and share a little bit of what's going to be happening in the churches in Mexico with our missions collection. You know, I'm really excited to be able to share with you guys today. I know that uh, on February 22nd, I celebrated my 23rd year as a disciple, and uh, that means this is my 23rd special missions contribution. And I've never missed one, and I never plan on ever missing one. But I am really, really excited 
this is one of my favorite days of the year. I love being able to collect for special missions. And I love being able to be connected to the mission that we are a part of. And so I'm really excited. I was asked uh, last week to go with Peter Garcia and Alan Gloria Baird to Mexico City. And during that time, I got a chance to be able to work with the campus ministry. And I want to tell you that it, it, it was an incredible experience. It was an incredible eye-opener. And it really opened my eyes to the need that really is waiting there in Mexico City. And not just Mexico City, but all of the churches in Mexico uh, and Central America. And so I'm really excited to share with you today um, that I am... Uh, Fired up about what's going on in Mexico in regards to the mission. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, we think about the Spirit of God moving. And we think about God making a difference in our world. It's very clear from the very beginning when the church first began that God had a plan of how he would go about evangelizing all of the world. And he said, look, we're going to get to all the ends of the earth. And I'm excited that we get a chance to be able to support Mexico and Central America. You know, this is where the dream for Mexico City began and really all of Mexico and Central America. This is Victor Nava. And he leads a region there in the church. And uh, in 1987, they sat in this restaurant right here. And they started making a plan of how they were going to literally evangelize all of Mexico and all of Central America. You know, the vision was simply this. We'll begin a church in Mexico City that will then train and develop leaders who will unashamedly go into all of Mexico and Central America, which is MCA. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was the plan. It was a simple plan. And the strategy was that they begin a campus ministry at UNAM, which is a campus that there's a, there's more than one campus, but the one in Ciudad is a little over 200,000, a total of 316,000 students on the campus. And they would go there and they would preach the word. And through that effort, through that time, they would raise up young men, they would raise up young women who would have a heart for God and a vision to be trained to go into the full-time ministry and evangelize this part of the world. You know, Mexico City began in 1987 with 13 disciples and a dream. This school right here is the one they decided they would go to. This is UNAM. And you can see, you know, the, the school is, it's got this beautiful Aztec art all over the campus. It's pretty impressive. And, uh, and the, the motto of the school is super inspiring. Now, this isn't the Spanish version, as you can see, but this is the version that I understand. For my race, the Spirit will speak. For my race, the Spirit will speak. When they came to that campus, when they came to, the, to Mexico City, they said, look, we believe that the Spirit of God will speak to all of Mexico and Central America, to all of the race through raising up leaders, through converting people at this campus. They began, if you, you can't see it probably too well, but there's number one is Mexico City. And they said, we're going to get into all these cities. And they had this great extensive plan. And they were so excited about it. And they believed God would do amazing things. What has happened between 1987 and 2012? 
The mission team that was sent to begin a church in Mexico City with a team of 13 disciples has now grown in Mexico City alone to 3,800 disciples. Amen? And that is the second largest church in all of our family of churches. A second only to L.A. The MCA region of churches has grown from the one church in Mexico City to now 39 churches. MCA has grown from the 13 disciples there in Mexico City to over 8,150 disciples in all of Mexico and Central America. God has multiplied your special missions. You know, when you give, you go, man, is, is it really making a difference? You can wonder, right? Like, I'm giving this money, I'm sacrificing, I really want to do something great for God, I really want to make a difference. But it's, sometimes it's hard to see it, but when you, when you see this slide, hopefully it makes you go, you know what? God is doing something. God is making a difference. God is using the money that we give to multiply lost souls to becoming saved souls in God's kingdom. Amen? I would say that God's Spirit has spoken for His people. You know, Unam, again, is the, another name, a.k.a. is the University City or the city. I mean, it's so large. It's just, it encompasses its own police force. Uh, they have a professional soccer team there on, on campus. They're just an amazing, amazing campus. You look and you go, wow, this is unbelievably massive. But there's only ten disciples on that campus. They have no full-time campus minister and have not for nearly 15 years. That's not good. Alex Nava and I went sharing our faith at Unam. This guy almost killed me twice while we were driving there. I'm telling you, if you go to Mexico City, try not to get in a car with this guy. He will take you places you may not want to go. And he may uh, put your life on the line. But amen, God is faithful and the Spirit protected me. Here's some student disciples at Unam. This is basically most of those ten. This is the campus. This is me off to the... You see me right there. And, uh, you know, it's just great spending time with the disciples. But they need a leader. They need a vision. They need a dream. You know, this is National Polytechnic. It's Institute of Polytechnic uh, National. It, it's, again, here I'm with... Uh, this is Victor Nava. And Victor Nava is... He went to this college. He was super inspired to go on campus. Uh, this campus is 100,000 students. And uh, basically on that campus, there's 30 Christians. Again, no full-time campus minister for the last 15 years. You know, uh, we reached out to only five people while we were touring the campus. All five of them gave Victor their number. And I believe that the Spirit is moving and really wants to do great things on that campus. You know, when the team was sent out in 1987, they focused on campus ministry at the universities. They had 800 student disciples on campus in the early 90s. 800. 90% of the staff came from those students. When we got with the staff and I said, hey, raise your hand if you were converted into campus ministry. Almost everybody raised their hand. Most of the leaders of the 39 churches came from that campus ministry. But somewhere along the line, they lost focus of where's their leaders coming from. And somewhere along the line, they lost that they needed to invest in these people if the church would continue to grow and advance because the church really hasn't grown that much. And without leadership, a church can only get to a certain point before it stalls out. 
You know, through our special missions contribution, God's Spirit will raise up a campus minister to speak to a new generation of students throughout Mexico and Central America. You know, 10% of what we give today is going to go toward hiring a campus minister. It's specifically set aside. We're going to make sure that the future of this church, the future of these campus students is secure. That there will be a leader who will lead them. That the Spirit of God will speak to a new generation of disciples. And I'm excited to be able to be a part of helping make that happen. But guys, we need your prayers. We need your prayers. Right now, of the 39 churches in Mexico, Central America, there is only one, one church that has a full-time campus minister of all 39. There are no full-time campus ministers in Mexico City at all. And really, there's only one in all of the 39 churches. I only know of one full-time teen minister. There are a lot of needs. They have no elders. No elders at all. And, and, and so the needs are great. There are so much still that needs to be done. And I believe that through our effort, through our, through our giving today, that God is going to get glory. That God will be lifted up. That God will be lifted high. And through this, we get a chance to get a little taste of the glory. Amen. Great job, Steve. I appreciate uh, Steve's passion and heart. You know, I want to ask a quick question. How many of us here were became Christians in the teen ministry or in a college ministry? If you can raise your hand, if you could just look around, you know, the impact that those ministries make. Amen? You know, we also get to give to the churches in the Middle East. And here's just a quick video uh, kind of highlighting some of the churches and the things that they've been doing. Thank you very much. I, I met Ms. Kenya Benavent from 
You know, as we give to these churches, let's not miss the fact that these are souls. These are people. And maybe some of us can have some strong political opinions about some of these places. No arguing there. But the real solution is going to come through God. You know, in Matthew 16 it says that the gates of Hades will not overcome God's church. And the typical visual of that passage is that the church is being attacked. That's exactly the opposite of what the Scripture says. Whose gates are going to be overcome? Hades gates. Meaning, it's the church that's moving forward. It's the church that's attacking in the spiritual way. Amen? That the church isn't, okay, let's circle up the wagons, let's hide, we're being attacked. No, Jesus said, hey, I'm building my church for the, so that the church can go. And it's so awesome that there's already churches, there's already disciples, there's already conviction, families in Christ in these places, in these uh, uh, nations. And now we get to strengthen them and encourage them. Amen? What a privilege it is. Truly, we can have glory in the church and glory for God as we serve these people, our brothers and sisters. And when you take all of that into account, we still have this Scripture. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever, amen. God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Without a doubt, I am confident that one day we will meet someone in heaven, many more than one person, I'm sure, that will come to you and say, thank you. Why? What you gave supplied a church down the street from my house and they reached out to me. That's the kind of difference that we can make. You know, we're going to go ahead and take communion here. And as we go to communion, let's understand that 
ourselves. We were and we are still the mission for Jesus. That we have been rescued. That others have invested time and money in us. And in Acts 20 and verse 28, as Paul is leaving this church to go to another church, he says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which He bought with His own blood. You determine the value of something by what you paid for it. Your car may be worth something. Cell phone, blah, 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 blah. How much is the church worth? It's worth the blood of Jesus. Let's keep bringing glory in the church. Let's be shepherds and overseers of the church, especially of those in the Middle East, in Central America, in Mexico, that we as an L.A. church, as a coastal region, have been assigned by God to encourage and to support. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer as we meditate and we take communion. Father, thank You so much. Father, that You bought us. Father, that we are no longer our own. God, that uh, we can participate with You in rescuing others from an empty way of life. Father, in teaching others a true biblical Jesus. Father, that all the faces that we've seen, that all the numbers that we've heard, all the different places, God, these are all souls. Father, people that even right now are crying out to You to help them. And perhaps there's no true disciple around them to guide them. Father, we pray that as we, as we give, we pray, God, that as we even take communion, Father, that we can understand that we are part of something greater than ourselves. And that we would continue to build Your church, which You bought with Your blood. Father, we're so grateful for our Lord Jesus. We pray that we can imitate Him in every way. As we take communion, God, help us to remember all of our blessings, all of the miracles in our own lives. And Father, that we can recommit our focus to You. We love You, God. May glory be Yours in Your church. In Jesus' name, Amen.